Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, if I am to be honest with you all this morning, this is one passage of scripture that would be an easy one to avoid. Not only does it sound harsh, in truth, it's Jesus saying things that are the exact opposite of what we normally hear him say. It's confusing. And certainly things are said here that you don't often hear come out of my mouth. Fire and brimstone. Families being torn apart. The weather. What? What is going on? Well, for many of us, that is exactly why we're here in the Episcopal Church. We've heard way too much of it and would prefer to spend our days and life of faith focusing on other things. Truly, things such as unity, not division, peace rather than discord. And let's be honest, anything other than fire and brimstone. Many of us have heard way too much of that. But this is our text this morning. And these are the words of Jesus that are meant for you and for me, God's people. So we will wrestle with them today, or maybe just stare them straight in the face. Perhaps after we can carry them in our life of faith with us. Because what I think these words do for us this day is show us that Jesus just isn't a kumbaya Jesus, always speaking of love. There's a part of Jesus that mirrors the lives of Old Testament prophets, and sometimes that is hard to see. It's hard to reckon with. Speaking truth, speaking hard things, Speaking those things that most would want to avoid or just not hear. That is what we are wrestling with today. And ultimately, those things which he speaks about today are what put a mark on him. That eventually were part of the reason why he was killed. I find it interesting that while he is speaking these words, Jesus makes an allusion to his own death. It's almost like he knows by speaking these words, he will die. Probably knowing good and well that words spoken such as the do truly have consequences. When he says that he is under stress until it is completed, Jesus isn't talking about taking a test in school and being under stress until it's done. Jesus isn't talking about the stress one carries when going for a job interview 
and the relief one feels after the interview is done. No, no. He is talking about walking the road that leads to his own death. He knows it's coming, and he, even in this passage, is carrying that stress with him. And so naturally, what one carries with you eventually comes out. And perhaps that's the reason why he says what he does today. There's urgency. There's need for the truth of knowing what it means to be loyal to him. Division will come. It will make some people not so happy, including family members, those who are supposed to be the closest, the ones you share love and intimacies with. Yes, those are exactly the ones where division and unrest may come because of what it means to call Jesus Lord. This may not sound like a huge deal in our own time. But in the first century, these words of Jesus are more than shocking. They are almost unbelievable. The family unit, it meant everything. Family was all, and the thought of it being split apart hit right to the core. And that is precisely why Jesus says it. Probably one of the most difficult lessons of my adult life has been this. As basic and as simple as it may be, all change, even change that comes from good news, will cause conflict and grief for the simple reason that all change, even good news change, means giving up, losing something valuing one thing over another. This is the kind of loyalty and love Jesus demands. So much so that it can split families and the most intimate units apart. Shocking. Jesus doesn't mince words here. He doesn't leave any family member off the list. Everyone will be affected. It is that big of a deal. So get ready, he says. And for those astute biblical nerds out there, from the start of the passage, just by the words Jesus chooses, we know that we need to get ready for something new. He says, I came to bring fire to the earth. This is another way of saying, get ready. Things are going to change as fire was a symbol in the ancient world of purifying, of making things new, of creating change. So from the beginning, Jesus warns his people, something new is going to happen. Jesus is announcing a new way of being, and the imagery he uses is stark, and it is so raw, because the meaning behind the imagery is just that, stark and raw. 
It's not for the faint of heart. It's life-changing, relationship-changing, and ultimately, as Jesus knows, it will cost him his own life. And if it cost him his life, my friends, it just might cost you yours. It's a big deal. A really big statement, an act of prophecy and courage to think, let alone for Jesus to say. No wonder Jesus expresses frustration to the crowd as he is sharing these upending, shocking realities. And the crowd is more concerned about the weather. Almost comical. The crowd was more concerned about the weather and predicting it. Talk about the biggest letdown and underwhelming sentiment you could garner. They don't get it. So Jesus calls them to accord and reminds them to pay attention to what is rather than what might be, like the weather as there is nothing as changing and unsettled as the weather. And Jesus contrasts this and says that if you believe in me and call me Lord, there are just some things that will happen. Not like the weather that might happen or might change, but my loyalty demands change. And my love requires things that are hard and sometimes unpleasant that just might not only impact you, but those closest to you. Well, at the time of Jesus, such divisions among family members would not be just painful family fights. Such separation from blood family in order to form relationships within the new family of God was shocking. It was an astonishing demand he was asking. But this is what Jesus is calling into being. This is the new order. And it won't be like the weather that just might change. He says that this change is coming. So be ready. Prepare yourself. Hard words for most to hear, whatever century you find yourself in, be it the first or the 21st. So naturally, my mind goes to the question, well, what does this look like in a modern day context? Well, in a church, it may look something like a church setting about doing something new. Oh, goodness. Something creative. Something some might see as being scary because it hasn't been done before. Something that some might say is scandalous or the church has no business doing because we're a church and we need to stick to churchy things, right? Stay safely in our neat and tidy buildings so they can stay clean and orderly. Invite only those in that look like us, or most importantly, that think like us, right? 
Keep our neighbors at arm's length away. Keep those who are different out of our doors and out of our worship space. But my friends, this is when the first sentence of today's gospel hits home for me. Words that at first were off-putting and hard to hear, but after having wrestled with them, and I have wrestled with them all week, Maybe they are the words that are our saving grace this morning. I have come to bring fire to the earth. Remember, by these words, Jesus is calling us to a new order. He's asking us to take part in what he has called us to, even if it upsets people. Even if it upsets our immediate families, our church families. So this fiery pronouncement, it should get our attention. It should make us shake in our boots. Reminding us that change and newness are just part of what it means to be a part of Jesus' new way. This is what he is calling us to. In other words, going outside the church walls to engage our neighbors. Offering the peace of Christ by giving food and water to those who are hungry and thirsty. Creating space so that the gospel can be given away in all kinds of ways to all kinds of people. Risking peace and comfort and ease for his sake. Knowing that there are consequences and being okay with what they are. Adjusting, rearranging our lives because we know that they will be a natural part of creating something new in the kingdom of God. As I've shared many times before, a new rule of life for me in the last year has become just being open and unafraid. Being open and unafraid to all the ways Jesus is calling you to inhabit your world and to inhabit your space that you live in. Even if that means doing unexpected and perhaps ministry that might some might might some people see as being a bit risque. Like being courageous enough to say, with God's help, we can feed a community. With God's help, we can make life better for those near to us by offering food and water. With God's help, we can believe that faith is worth pursuing and living into. And with God's help, we can be a part of a new way of being and doing church. That of loyally loving a man named Jesus, calling down fire from heaven, and trusting we will be given what we need to do this gutsy and audacious work if we only say yes with God's help. Because when we do that, 
this kingdom work in in reality, it's not all that daring. It's really not. It's what we've been called to do. And with God's help, we can. And we will. And by God's grace, Grace Church will. Day in and day out. Week in and week out. Because this is what Jesus is calling us to do. And as his people living into this new way, the only answer we can say is yes. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.